It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 11th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds. Today going to be awfully hot. High 91. Tonight, an overnight clear, low 7. And then Wednesday, sunshine, even warmer. The high tomorrow, high 93. If you're walking out the door with us right now, actually beautiful out now. 64 and clear out in East Hampton, out on Long Island. 69 and clear in Little Silver, down in New Jersey. And it is 68 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. If you were with us yesterday, I was telling you the story of being in the dog park Sunday where a dog owner uh, was yelling at his dog. And I realized that his dog's name was Hitler, which I was like, wow, okay. Hitler. The guy had named his dog Hitler. And uh, I wasn't sure at first, but then I heard him yell at the dog a few more times. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy is calling his dog Hitler. I was going to approach him just to say, like, what's up with that? And do it sort of and, you know, say, hey, he had two dogs. I was going to ask him if his other dog was Mussolini or something like that, just to break the ice. But uh, I realized that this guy was a little intense. If you're naming your dog Hitler and then you're yelling at him in the dog park using his name, maybe this is not a guy you should approach. So to yesterday, a meeting in the dog park and uh, with all the friends and people we hang out with on a regular basis uh, with my dog. And I was telling him the story. And one of the people uh, came up to me and she said, I'm actually, you know, a full time dog walker. And I am a cat sitter. She makes full-time living doing this because there's so many people with pets who are back at work. And she said she actually went to a house, and she wonders it's the same one, where the cat's name was Hitler. And I was like, what? So there's another animal named Hitler? And she said, I was so spooked by the fact that this guy had named his cat Hitler that even though it was a pretty good job, because cat sitting, she says, it's not like dogs. You don't have to walk them. You kind of visit with them for a little bit, give them a little food, and then you walk out. It's easy money. She said, after she walked out, she said, you know what? No, I'm not going to watch this guy's cat. I just That's too weird that you're naming your cat Hitler. I'm just sort of almost spooked to be in the house. So she turned down the gig. But so far, we have not figured out who this guy is. It was one offer. Maybe he was just there for the day, but he seemed to know other people in the park. I want to get to the bottom of the story. I imagine I will just by talking about it. The dog, <laughs> the dog named Hitler. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The cleanup continues from all that flooding. A fatal fall in Brooklyn shocks a neighborhood. Ron DeSantis says there's plenty of time to trip up Trump. The city takes on the vape makers. And why are so many New Yorkers surrendering, surrendering their pets? I assume most of them aren't named Hitler. 504, let's jump into it. Uh, up to the Hudson Valley where it is still a mess. They are cleaning up from what is a once-in-a-lifetime flood. And we're hearing more about this woman who was killed amid this flood, taken away by the flood waters in Highland Falls on Sunday. She's 43-year-old Pamela Nugent. She uh, had walked outside of her home to escape the floods that had taken over her home. In fact, uh, some of her home flooded away. 
And uh, she was uh, taken away by the floodwaters, did not survive. Her dog did, which is sort of amazing. And um, who saw this all? I mean, just really horrendous as we get more details of the story. Her uh, soon-to-be husband was there, and her father was there, and they witnessed this all. And the father speaking out yesterday, he said, uh, as the floodwaters were coming through Highland Falls and they realized they might want to escape the home, uh, he says his soon-to-be son-in-law went outside and was instantly swept away by the floods, and he went to help him. Rob went to go to his car. He came out of my house, tried to cross the street. He went down and started falling. I came flying out of the house, and I'm pretty agile, so I did three jumps and got across and dove on the bank there, ran down to the telephone pole, and I grabbed Rob, and I pulled him off the road. Yeah, so he saves his son-in-law. As he's saving his son-in-law, he sees his own daughter, Pam, walk outside of her house. And he tells her, no, 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 don't go anywhere. But she either doesn't hear him or doesn't listen to him. And sure enough, seconds later, she's amid the floodwaters, but he cannot save her. He yelled at her, get back in the house. She went back in and she she panicked again and she just grabbed the dog, came out here. As soon as she hit the road, the water hit her, she took her down. Two seconds, she was gone. She tried to grab the car, she couldn't. She tried to grab some bushes, she couldn't. She went over the hill. The Newfoundland dog that's on the porch there, she went with her. The Newfoundland got back. Yeah, so the dog somehow got back. Search crews found Pamela's body a short time later in a ravine. Her father, as you might guess, just shocked and saddened, and he says he still can't get his head around the fact that his daughter's gone. It just comes in waves, you know? I have, it's just so surreal around here. I haven't processed it, you know? Yeah, and the neighbors who knew her well, there was one neighbor, they'd lived right uh, one neighbor above, one below for years. And then uh, they made it across. And then I guess she freaked out and panicked and tried to make it across with the dog. And it, he said it just happened all Yeah, and uh, rain continued to batter some of these areas early yesterday morning as they were trying to clean up. When anybody dies, it's, it's a shame. The circumstances of how it happened, that makes it even worse. Governor Hochul touring Highland Falls yesterday. The first step is assessment. Assess the damage. Assess the monetary value of the damage so we can put in our request for FEMA assistance to help the communities have the resources they need to rebuild. Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse, uh, Orange County hit uh, incredibly hard on Sunday. Uh, talking about the search crews, the EMTs, the firefighters, the police who work so hard to make so many rescues. All night long, I saw the fire department going house to house helping people. There was cars parked in 9W in the median being abandoned or people sitting in them. There was people that were trapped in their car in three, four feet of water that stayed in their car. Those people all needed to be rescued. Damage assessments, of course, underway. It'll be millions to fix what's wrong. They will build back, and we'll be there with them every step of the way to make sure they have whatever is necessary to gain some sense of normalcy after this incredible shock to this region. WABC News Time 510 will stay in the Hudson Valley. Everybody trying to figure out what this weather pattern means. Is it climate change? Here was the governor yesterday. These are unprecedented weather events that keep hitting us over and over and over again. So we must change our behavior as a planet, as a country, as a state. 
There is severe weather just across just this wide swath of the nation. A lot of it is heat and hot weather, which is we're going to start to get today. We're looking at temperatures into the triple digits. We're looking at excessive heat warnings once again in Phoenix and Palm Springs. And these alerts stay in place through Sunday. That's meteorologist uh, Michelle Grossman, 38 million Americans under some kind of heat alert, excessive temperatures, uh, Southern California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, and the city of El Paso. They set a record for the longest streak of consecutive days above 100 degrees. That was 24 in a row. Jeez. 24 days of 100 degree plus days in El Paso. And we're going to add to those as we go throughout the next week or so. Yeah. And uh, here, the high today, 90, uh, 93 on Tuesday, so we'll get a couple days of 90-degree weather here in the city. All right, 5-11, let's go down to D.C. The federal prosecutor handling the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes, pushing back against claims made by an IRS whistleblower. In a letter to the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, U.S. Attorney David Weiss said he did not request a special counsel designation in the probe, contrary to testimony made by the whistleblower. He also said he's never been denied the authority to bring charges against Hunter in any jurisdiction. The whistleblower told congressional Republicans top DOJ officials interfered in Weiss's investigation and gave Hunter preferential treatment. The president's son agreed to a plea deal in his tax case in June. I'm Lisa Taylor. 512, let's go down to Florida. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis weighing in on his presidential campaign. He's uh, trailing uh, President Trump in uh, a number of polls, 20 points or more, uh, in the latest poll from Florida Atlantic University. We have been the target of the corporate media. They clearly do not want me to be the nominee, and I think it's because they know that I would beat Biden soundly. But more importantly than that, they know that I will actually accomplish the big things that we know need to be accomplished. Of course, he has to get through the primary season first before he could take on Joe Biden. That's assuming Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. Uh, he's talking about all the things he'll do, close the borders, reverse Biden. We are focusing on how you actually accumulate the delegates uh, rather than kind of the national stuff that gets put out there, which, as you know, we don't have a national primary. And talking about uh, Bidenomics here. So Bidenomics basically means you pay more for everything. Your standard of living goes down. Uh, ultimately to the benefit of places like communist China. And the Florida governor blames the inflation we're going through right now. He says it all has to do the pandemic and the COVID stimulus funding. You cannot inject that much borrowing, printing and spending into the economy and not have persistent inflation. So they were warned about doing this and yet they barreled ahead with it anyways. And so this has really been a government induced economic crisis. So uh, here he is on the polls. Uh, DeSantis says he doesn't make much of them this early on. Uh, We have been the target uh, of the corporate media. They clearly do not want me to be the. We've worked really hard to develop the type of support Uh, on the grassroots level in places like Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, that really can propel a candidate to victory. Yeah, we'll see if that uh, strategy makes a difference. If the election were held today, which, of course, it's not, Florida Republicans would still be supporting the president, uh, you know, DeSantis versus Trump. We had uh, our former President Trump at about 50 percent and Governor DeSantis at 30 percent. Nobody else breaks more than about 4 percent. Yeah, that's a poll from Florida Atlantic University, the political science chair, Dr. Kevin Wagner, who's just, as you uh, just heard. And 514, a new report claims President Biden is prone to angry outbursts at the White House. Citing current and former aides to Biden, Axios reports that the president often uses profanity when yelling at staffers behind closed doors. The outlet reports some aides try to avoid meeting alone with Biden. 
Other insiders say the president is signaling his high expectations for those around him. The report stands in contrast to Biden's less confrontational public persona. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right, let's go overseas. The war in Ukraine surpassing the 500-day mark now. The Kremlin has repeatedly ordered attacks on Ukraine's energy grid, seized its nuclear energy facilities, and engaged irresponsibly in nuclear saber-rattling. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller there says Ukrainians have endured relentless attacks from Russian forces at their homes, schools, and hospitals. The Ukrainian people have endured the Russian government's relentless attacks against homes, schools, hospitals, playgrounds nuclear facilities, shopping malls, restaurants, and other infrastructure. And uh, he says uh, the Russians have committed crimes against humanity. Uh, He says the war has been a strategic failure for Russia overall. Moscow strikes have hit thousands of schools and hundreds of hospitals and cultural sites that are having severe and cumulative consequences particularly on the Kremlin's ability to finance and prosecute its war effort. All right, so the president is overseas right now. We'll get into how that trip is going. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk and say uh, good morning to Justin Allen. Good morning, Noam Lidden. Happy Tuesday morning there. And we start from the Home Run Derby in Seattle last night. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. outlasts Randy Orozarena in the final round to win the 2023 title four years after he set a single-round home run derby record only not, only to not win. Vladdy returned with a vengeance and added to his family's rich legacy in the process, winning the derby 16 years after his Hall of Fame daddy did the same. Seven outs. Popped it up, gotta have one. I don't think he did it. He did not do it. Oh my. Vlad Guerrero Jr. will hang on and win the 2023 T-Mobile Home Run Derby. Those calls, courtesy of MLB Network and ESPN, Guerrero joins his father as the first father-son duo to accomplish the feat and was eight years old in attendance when his dad took home the trophy in 2007. Local Mets slugger Pete Alonso failed to make it out of the first round against hometown favorite Julio Rodriguez, with Rodriguez's staggering count of 41 homers in the first round ousted Alonso's mere 21. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, tune in for the 2023 installment of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Local Yankees ace Garrett Cole gets a start for the American League against Arizona Diamondbacks ace Zach Gallon. And rare offseason news, no matter the college football world, as uh, Northwestern has fired longtime coach Pat Fitzgerald. Say it ain't so. I tell you. Amid allegations, though, of widespread hazing within the football program, the firing of Fitzgerald comes after the school announced Friday that he'd be suspended without pay for two weeks this summer. Clearly, university president Michael Schill changed his mind on the matter, saying, quote, he may have erred in weighing the appropriate sanction for Fitzgerald and acknowledged focusing too much on what Fitzgerald didn't know and not enough on what he should have known. Get him out. Get him out. Defensive coordinator David Braun is expected to be named the Wildcats acting head coach. There you go, Noam. That's sports. And I'm Justin Ellick. I'm 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. The battle over who and who cannot join NATO. The U.S. says it's time for Sweden to get into NATO. Sweden has taken um, a number of steps to address the concerns that Turkey raised.
The State Department spokesman Matthew Miller there. Turkish officials, they've been blocking Sweden's membership. They accuse us, Stockholm, of supporting Kurdish militant groups. We believe that it is time for Turkey to support Sweden's NATO accession. Yeah, not clear if that's going to happen. North Korea, let's stay overseas, has warned the U.S. that it may shoot down spy planes that violate its airspace. In Tokyo, the U.S. and South Korean forces have been conducting air and Navy drills. The comments came from a spokesperson of North Korea's Ministry of National Defense. The statement said that the U.S. was violating its airspace by conducting surveillance flights and accused Washington of escalating tensions by sending a nuclear submarine near the peninsula. North Korea said that military actions were bringing it closer to a nuclear conflict. South Korea's military says North Korea's claim of airspace violation is untrue. Rebecca Bunden, Tokyo. Let's go down to D.C. The Secret Service says it's expected to wrap up its investigation soon into the discovery of that small bag of cocaine at the White House. Agents found the powder during a routine sweep of the building on July 2nd while President Biden and his family were at Camp David for the holiday weekend. White House officials last week promised appropriate consequences if anyone in the Biden administration is found to be responsible. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the administration has rigorous drug use policies. I'm Mark Mayfield. Let's go out to Pennsylvania. The search continues for this suspected murderer who has survivalist skills. He's still at large, a subject of a multi-state manhunt. We've conducted many of these types of investigations of various size and scope over the years. It's always impossible until you actually capture the person you know just how close you are. Pennsylvania State Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens there says Michael Burham escaped from a Pennsylvania jail by climbing on exercise equipment and out through the roof. This was overnight last Thursday. The jail is right near the Allegheny National Forest. And this guy's a survivalist, which means he knows how to survive in the woods. So officials are extensively searching that area, but so far nothing. We are pushing him hard. You know, I've talked about the resources that are committed. Uh, we continue to ramp that up. We continue to make sure that we're putting pressure on him. So Burham, who is 34 years old, was being held on arson and burglary charges. He's a suspect in the murder of a local woman in Pennsylvania. 523. A growing number of farmers are turning to AI, artificial intelligence, as a way to handle rising costs. Gary Joyner is with the Texas Farm Bureau, says it helps them to become more efficient. I'll let him explain. Technology and automation have stepped in and said, okay, we've got some tools to help you harvest that crop, to apply that fertilizer. Yeah, so he says the technology could self-drive tractors and other equipment to get crops out of the field. It's still expensive, but he says the cost of AI will come down eventually and pay off for farmers. Any skepticism from farmers and ranchers right now about AI maybe is just the initial cost of investment. It is interesting all that AI is involved in. You're talking about equipment that can self-drive tractors and harvester combines to get the crop out of the field. Yeah, in the long run, save those farmers a lot of money. Some Los Angeles officials say the reinstatement of the zero bail policy will result in a spike of violent crimes. Sure, we saw that here in New York. District Attorney Deputy Deputy John McKinney says zero bail will affect the quality of life for residents of L.A. Sheriff's Department will no longer detain people for crimes such as theft, shoplifting, drug use, vandalism, battery, 
and a whole host of other non-serious, non-violent crimes. The policy was first used during COVID to reduce jail overcrowding is coming back after an L.A. judge ruled holding people who can't afford cash bail was a violation of their constitutional rights. A study found that suspects released without bail reoffended 70% more often than people who posted bail. Even the rapper 50 Cent, he chimed in, posting that the city is finished if they enact this policy. 524. Maybe you've noticed if you've been out on the roadways taking the family on a summer vacation, gas prices actually held kind of steady nationwide. Normally you get that summer fuel and it costs more. Triple A's Brian Odner says this is all a welcome change from the traditional summer spike in gas prices. We're still hovering around that $70 per barrel range, a little bit above it as the week begins. You know, but we look at the last week, even with the high demand, pump prices barely budged really over the past week and that's even with more demand as people hit the road over the fourth of july holiday the nationwide average today is 354 a gallon that's nine cents less than a week ago 14 cents less than a month ago exceeding or hitting record pre-pandemic numbers for on-the-road travel was something that's great to see at the start of school and coming very quickly that people are going to be hitting the road to enjoy the, these last few weeks of, of vacation time. Last few weeks? Didn't we just get this only July uh, 11th? we got more than a few more weeks. All right, 525. Let's bring it back home. Just a tragic story out of East Flatbush, Brooklyn yesterday. A four-year-old falls out of a fourth-floor window, dies. The incident happened about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This is Farragut Road, East Flatbush section. The four-year-old fell from this fourth window onto the pavement into an alley there. Uh, there were a lot of people who were around. They heard the thud of the fall, looked out their window, saw what had taken place. My daughter looks out and looked out her window and see a baby on the floor with his head bleeding. Like, how is that possible? It was, it was awful. I'm trying to get out my head now. But, you know, the way the child was just laying there, you can see the child wasn't, wasn't no life in him. Yeah, this four-year-old boy taken to Kings County Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. So you seen like ten different people. They was trying to revive him. You seen the cops come? They came and picked him up and ran him all the way over there to the um the ambulance. I feel devastated for the parents. Um, it's sad. That should have never happened. So this is the third time in a week that a child's fallen out of a window in the city. The most recent other two cases took place in Harlem, where both kids were hurt but they're still alive it's unclear if there were any barriers on the window of this latest incident in uh east flatbush or what led to this four-year-old falling from the fourth floor we checked in with the nypd before we came to air this morning no charges have been filed yet not clear if they're going to be the medical examiner will determine the cause of death again no charges have been filed against everybody at least yet in that home we are just getting started on this early tuesday morning so much more to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour sid and friends in the morning thousands of people pack a mosque in sunset park to honor the life of one of the victims of that uh shooting that took place the um the guy who got on a scooter the scooter shooter who shot so many people over the weekend will uh check in on that funeral and who showed up at it the city taking on some of the people who make the flavoring for vapes uh because it's so many kids are smoking them we'll get into that lawsuit and why are so many new yorkers surrendering their pets huge numbers so much so that city shelters have no place to put these pets we'll get into those stories and more but first this at 5 30. 
77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 11th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. Going to be awfully hot. High 91. Tonight, overnight clear. Low 73, and then Wednesday, sunshine even warmer, the high 93. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 64 and clear in East Hampton out on Long Island, 69 and clear in Little Silver down in New Jersey, and it is 68 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour in Sunset Park. Thousands of people packing a mosque yesterday for the funeral of an 86-year-old man who was shot by that scooter shooter over the weekend here in the city. Hamoud Saeed, his son, says his father was a pillar within the community. The 86-year-old was on his way to a mosque for prayer service when he was shot by this man on a scooter, uh, the one who shot a lot of other people along the way. The person turned around and shot him in the back. For what? For what? There was no reason for him to shoot him in the back. He killed us. Saidi was on his way to his Queen's Mosque when he took the bullet. My father was a peaceful man. He was a good man. He helped everybody. All he wanted to do is he wanted to go to the mosque and pray. The alleged gunman, 26-year-old Thomas Abreu, undergoing a psychiatric evaluation, has been charged with murder, attempted murder. Mayor Adams, one of the people stopping at this funeral, talking about the fact that there's too many illegal guns on the streets of the city. With zero focus on this. And anyone that pushed back on, back on what we are doing, they should be here today and listen to this family moan. And let's go out to Staten Island, where we're learning more about this convenience store shooting that took place over the weekend. A 35-year-old father of two young children was shot and killed while working at the Staten Island convenience store on Saturday night. Cops found Bassam Khatib with a gunshot wound to the chest inside his Manor Deli and convenience store in Castleton Corners. This was about 8 p.m. on Saturday uh, here's his wife. Think about his kids. Think about his life. Think about what the bad thing you did. He was my friend. We worked together for a while. He always helped me. He was always very good to me. Family members asking why they had to shoot Bassam. Police searching for two men in connection to the shooting. Surveillance video actually shows these men running out of the deli after the shooting. The motive remains unclear. It could just be a botched robbery. Maybe Bassam fought back. They just don't know. But again, the family saying you didn't have to shoot him. If y'all would have just told him what y'all wanted, he would have he would have gave it to you. Like he would have gave it to you. Sam will give you anything. They didn't have to kill him. They didn't have to take his life. In fact, surveillance video showed two men trying to enter a smoke shop just a few blocks away. Uh, not clear why, but they left that, then went to Bassam's Delhi. That's where, unfortunately, they shot him dead. So far, those two men still on the street. 535 out to Newark, New Jersey, where that deadly cargo ship fire that broke out at Port Newark 
is now finally contained. It took the whole weekend and lots of water to pour this thing out. That's the fire that two killed two Newark firefighters last Wednesday. 5,000 cars aboard this cargo ship when it went up in flames. Two firefighters got trapped amid the flames and smoke and were killed. Here was the governor yesterday. Crews first began battling this fire on Wednesday evening, and they worked tirelessly through the weekend to get this blaze under control, and they had to overcome some extraordinarily difficult uh, conditions. Murphy says that ship now starting to level out with its listing currently out of the danger zone. The two Newark firefighters who gave what President Abraham Lincoln called, and I quote the president, the last full measure of devotion. Please keep their memory and their families in your prayers. Yeah, Governor Murphy uh, praising the firefighters that have been on the scene since that fire last Wednesday. As they grieve, they continue to do the work to put out those flames. Thankfully, as I said, that fire now essentially out. Yet our first responders adapted and rose to the occasion. And once again, they have proven that we have the world's best, bless you, firefighters and first responders. Services for the firefighters Augusta Akabu and Wayne Brooks Jr. are set for this week, uh, Thursday and Friday, at Newark's Cathedral Basilica of Sacred Heart. That's in downtown Newark. Mayor Adams says security guards have always been stationed at homeless shelters throughout the city. You can't put thousands of people in a shelter, it would be irresponsible not to have security. This comes of the commons after the city released a request to contract with vendors to place security guards now at migrant facilities, which means, yeah, taxpayers like you and I will be on the hook. Adams says the request for proposals is not a response to a spike in crime at shelters, though. This has not gone away for New York City, and that's what people need to understand. This is an unsustainable crisis that we have to constantly be, be prepared for. By the way, uh, we don't talk about it because it was the big story, but it continues to be. Thousands of migrants still coming into the Port Authority bus station by the week and we're still finding housing for them. That's part of the reason now they've put these contracts out, the city has, to put security guards at more facilities. Uh, again, which means taxpayer money will be used, more from the mayor. We're not responding to any spike in crime that's in our shelters. We're making sure we have the manpower. They just want to be safe. And while we're talking about the mayor, uh, the city filing a federal lawsuit now against four major flavored vape distributors in an effort to protect its youngest residents. Mayor Adams says the lawsuit aims to block four companies that sell flavored e-cigarettes from doing business here in the city. The city seeking monetary damages and fines. We're not stand by and allow this greedy appetite an attitude to impact our children. But if you have not noticed, I mean, there's lots of kids vaping. The companies they're going after, uh, Magellan Technology, Demand Vape, Star Vape, Empire Vape Distributors, which, by the way, is based right here in the city in Queens. These companies are blatantly breaking city and state federal laws by selling flavored disposable e-cigarettes. And they are doing so by tempting our children. Corporation counsel Sylvia Hines Raddick says the companies are fueling the e-cigarette epidemic. Defendants' violation of state and local laws are so extensive that they constitute a public nuisance that endangers the health and safety of New Yorkers. 542. Uh, Here in the city... Animal Care Centers is the city shelters that take in 
uh, I guess, unwanted pets or pets that are dropped off. And yesterday we were talking with Paul Sanders, who's with Animal Care Centers, and he says an alarming number of New Yorkers are dropping off their pets for good because they no longer can afford to take care of them, citing inflation, the cost of dog food. And so they are just overwhelmed with the amount of pets taken in, you know, mostly cats and dogs, but other animals as well, rabbits, that kind of Medical thing. Medical reasons. Animals are getting older. They can't take care of them. Also, in New York City, very difficult to find housing. So if somebody has to move, they can find another place to live, but they might not be able to take their animals. Yes. So uh, some now, the animal care centers, there's four of them across the city, are using uh, every office hallway to house, uh, house these pets. Normally, there's one area where they have these animals essentially caged in, but but Paul says they've run out of room there, so now they've put these pets in pet containers, in hallways, inside offices, anywhere they can to take care of them. We never, ever, ever euthanize for space. We make sure that we are doing everything we can to successfully place these animals. So now they're hoping to slow the flow by lowering adoption fees all summer. Uh, you have like five bucks, you can get a 40-pound-plus dog. They're also offering to pay for food to pet owners who are financially strapped and say that's the reason they're dropping the dogs off. We'll see if that happens. But in the meantime, Animal Care Center says they have lots of cats, dogs, other animals up for adoption. So if you're looking one, that might be a good place to start. How many times have you seen these stories about porch pirates? Uh, it's still a huge deal. People watching as an Amazon, UPS, whatever package is dropped off and then waiting for the delivery driver to leave and then running up onto the porch and stealing your package. No doubt almost every one of us has had this happen to us. So these companies are trying to find every way to figure out how to stop these porch pirates. One of the new things they are doing in the city, by the way, about 90,000 deliveries in the city are lost or stolen Every single day in New York City, 90,000 deliveries. That's unbelievable. So now what they're trying to do is set up this locker program. It's called Locker NYC. And Amazon and some of the other companies are going to pay for it. And what you do is you just have to go to your local store and they'll have this locker system and it all works off your phone um, and a QR code. And it opens up this locker for the package delivery to put your package in and for you to take the package out. And so just the thought is, is better chance you're going to get your package. So uh, there are 15 of these locker NYCs set up across the city. Uh, membership through this pilot program is free. Uh, the only person it costs is the delivery companies. And they say so far, uh, people like this because you can walk to your local bodega. Maybe it's a block or two away, but you know your package is going to be there and it's not going to be stolen off of your stoop. So we'll see how well and how large this program goes. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. By the way, Justin Alec. What? Uh, Carl Layton. Yeah. Who listens to this program uh-huh. in Israel. Ah. Who April. happens to be uh, my father. Hello. This is what he said to me over the weekend. In this uh, Justin Ellick. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He's very, uh, mm-hmm. he's very good. Mm-hmm. I am. Don't you think yeah. he's very good, this Justin Ellick? I am. I and am. I said, yeah, he's great. <laughs> and um, then I thought to myself, I've been doing this for 20 years, and he's, he's, he's never said anything about my performance. Hey, don't don't worry about it, though, Noam. It's like we can swap fathers, because my, my father never gives me any praise. Oh, either. he does? So, it's like, I, how about I take Carl, and you could take Ross. Okay, well, can you tell him to praise me, and then, you know, play yes, back on yes, tomorrow? Yes, 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 Okay. I'll get that for you. Don't but worry But you are Carl Layden approved. I love that. To do sports. Thank you, Carl Layden. Thank you.
and Shalom. <laughs> From the home run derby in Seattle last night, known Vladimir Guerrero Jr. outlasts Randy Rosarino in the final round to win the 2023 title. Four years after he set a single round home run derby record, only to not win, Vladdy returned with a vengeance and added to his family's rich legacy in the process, winning the derby 16 years after his Hall of Fame father did just the same. Seven outs. are in first place. Could be very special. 07 for Guerrero and his mates. Popped it up. Got to have one. I don't think he did it. He did not do it. Oh, my. Vlad Guerrero Jr. will hang on and win the 2023 T-Mobile Home Run Derby. Those calls courtesy of MLB Network and ESPN. Local Mets slugger Pete Alonso failed to make it out of the first round against hometown favorite Julio Rodriguez, with Rodriguez's staggering count of 41 home runs in the first round, ousting Alonso's mere 21. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, you got to tune in for the uh, 2023 MLB All-Star Game. Local Yankee ace Garrett Cole getting the start for the American League against Arizona Diamondbacks ace Zach Gallen. And rare offseason news out of the college football world as Northwestern has fired longtime coach Pat Fitzgerald amid allegations of widespread hazing within the football program. The firing of Fitzgerald comes after the school announced Friday that he'd be suspended without pay for two weeks this summer. Clearly, university president Michael Schill changed his mind on the matter, saying he may have uh, erred in weighing the appropriate sanction for Fitzgerald and acknowledged focusing too much on what Fitzgerald didn't know and not enough on what he should have known. Defensive coordinator David Braun is expected to be named the Wildcats acting head coach. Here was sports on 77 at WABC and for Carl Layden. I'm Justin Alecnambeck. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the day. Continues to be all the aftermath of that flooding up in the Hudson Valley, like just a once-in-a-lifetime flood. Hearing about the woman who was swept away by the flood waters, she was 43-year-old Pamela Nugent. Neighbors in her town, Highland Falls, just uh, shocked after this brook overwhelmed their tiny community. Her father actually, unfortunately, and along with her fiance, saw her swept away. Here he describes uh, what was taking place on Sunday as those flood waters took over. They decided to make a move, maybe to leave their home, worried the house would come off its foundation amid this mass of water. So uh, the dad uh, saw his uh, soon-to-be son-in-law, Pamela, was set to get married, leave the house and get taken away by the flood waters, and then he saved him. Rob went to go to his car. He came out of my house, tried to cross the street. He went down and started falling. I came flying out of the house, and I'm pretty agile, so I did three jumps and got across and dove on the bank there, ran down to the telephone pole, and I grabbed Rob. And it pulled him off the road. Yeah, so he saved his son-in-law. And as he was saving his son-in-law from the floodwaters, he saw his daughter, Pamela, walk out the front door of the house. He warned her not to make a move, that it was not going to be good. It's not clear whether she just didn't hear him, what happened, but here he describes what took place. He yelled at her, get back in the house. She went back in, and she, she... Panicked again, and she just grabbed the dog, came out here. As soon as she hit the road, the water hit her. She took her down. Two seconds, she was gone. She tried to grab the car. She couldn't. She tried to grab some bushes. She couldn't. She went over the hill. The Newfoundland dog that's on the porch there, she went with her. 
the no food got back. Yeah, amazingly, somehow the dog made it back to the house. Uh, Pamela's father, well, he just can't get his head around the fact that not only is his daughter gone, but he witnessed her being taken down this river. Her body found later in a ravine by search crews. It just comes in waves, you know. I it's just so surreal around here. I haven't processed it, you know. Yeah, I only can imagine. Uh, rain continued to batter parts of these already severely damaged areas yesterday morning. Uh, no rain in the forecast now, so that's good. Governor Hochul touring Highland Falls where a layer of mud covers just about everything and where county leaders have activated a shelter for those flooded out of their homes. Lots of people taking advantage of that Sunday night into Monday. The first step is assessment. Assess the damage. Assess the monetary value of the damage so we can put in our request for FEMA assistance to help the communities have the resources they need to rebuild. Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse just amazed by what police, firefighters, uh, EMTs, just regular volunteers did Sunday night going door to door to save people, going to cars where people were trapped inside amid floodwaters to save them. Uh, he said, tragic that one person died, but he says it's amazing that more did not. All night long, I saw the fire department going house to house helping people. There was cars parked in 9W in the median being abandoned or people sitting in them. There was people that were trapped in their car in three, four feet of water that stayed in their car. Those people all needed to be rescued. Newhouse says Orange County is going to need just millions from the feds, from the state to help rebuild all that's been lost, all just really in one day in a matter of hours. Uh, those damage assessments are well underway. They will build back and we'll be there with them every step of the way to make sure they have whatever is necessary to gain some sense of normalcy after this incredible shock to this region. Yes, yeah, so uh, Governor Hochul saying this is kind of the new normal, everybody having uh, blaming it on either climate change or here in her case, she says it's climate change. These are unprecedented weather events that keep hitting us over and over and over again. So we must change our behavior as a planet, as a country, as a state. There has just been severe weather everywhere over the last couple weeks. Uh, most of it is hot weather uh, across um, the Midwest and down south. We're looking at temperatures into the triple digits. We're looking at excessive heat warnings once again in Phoenix and Palm Springs. And these alerts stay in place through Sunday. Meteorologist Michelle Grossman there says about 38 million Americans under some kind of heat alert. We are today, by the way, it's going to be in the 90s here. But in Texas, the city of El Paso, they set a record over the weekend. The longest streak of consecutive days above 100 degrees. 24 in a row. I mean, they're used to hot weather, but not kind of hot weather. 24 days of 100 degree plus days in El Paso. And we're going to add to those as we go throughout the next week or so. Yeah, uh, here we're going to be in the 90s for the next couple of days. The federal prosecutor handling the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes pushing back against claims made by an IRS whistleblower. In a letter to the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, U.S. Attorney David Weiss said he did not request a special counsel designation in the probe, contrary to testimony made by the whistleblower. He also said he's never been denied the authority to bring charges against Hunter in any jurisdiction. The whistleblower told congressional Republicans top DOJ officials interfered in Weiss's investigation and gave Hunter preferential treatment. The president's son agreed to a plea deal in his tax case in June.
I'm Lisa Taylor. All right, 556. Uh, no doubt you probably met somebody who's complained to you about how many ticks are out there. This has been some sort of unbelievable season for ticks. Uh, even if you're like walking in places like Central Park where you wouldn't necessarily expect to see them or have to check yourself for them. Afterward, experts say it's all about dressing for success. Can go a long way without you coming home with ticks on your arm or in your hair. If it's bearable on a hot day, wear the long clothing. You know, if you're going into a place that you know has a lot of ticks, even tucking your pants into your socks can help. Or wearing white socks so you can see them easier can help. Yeah, most of the advice is kind of obvious. Uh, insects expert Kate Chapman uh, from the University of Nebraska. A lot of ticks are not successful at transmitting disease if they've been feeding for 24 hours or less. So yeah. the sooner you can get the ticks off of you, the better. And finally, uh, the Eurovision Song Contest, it took place a couple months ago. If you're not familiar, it's where all of Europe comes together. It's an event that's almost as big as the World Cup, and they pick the best song in Europe. But uh, now it's bigger than Europe. The Middle East is involved. So all these nations come together. We're not part of it, obviously, because it's called Eurovision. And they pick the best song each year. And I'm always amazed about how god-awful the song is. I mean, it never becomes some huge hit. So they sent us uh, a clip of this new single that's been released, a part of a bigger album of all the songs in the Eurovision contest. And this is the song that won. It's Finnish singer Karaja. And uh, so, okay, I'll just play it for you. And you're like, this is the the best song they could come up with in Europe. This is not the end. It will come when we will find our way All right, you get the idea. Really? That's the best they could come up with in Europe? I'm always amazed about how bad these Eurovision songs are. ABBA, by the way, was once a Eurovision winner, probably the most commercially successful winner of Eurovision ever.